Welcome to Completely Unqualified and Yet Incredibly Opinionated. I am Victoria Asher here with my co-host, Carrie Urban. What's going on, Care? <laughs> same old, same old. <laughs> uh, I'm just over here in my closet living the COVID dream. I'm here in my little gym that I created during COVID. So. Oh, I'm so jealous. Did I tell you I got a treadmill that oh, I've did. yet to use? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, sitting in the corner of my room. And nice. you know how people always get treadmills and they, um, you know, will hang clothes on it or like put towels or something. I was like, I'm not going to be that person. So I've had it a week and I haven't put anything on it. I saw Gray, my husband was like going to put a towel to like hang it on there. I was like, no, like slow motion. <laughs> Do like, not curse it or it will forever it. become a rack. <laughs> it will. It will forever become like the thing that I bought thinking I was going to like exercise and lose baby weight, <laughs> but it hasn't happened yet. It's going to happen. <laughs> Where did you get it from? Amazon. Nice. <laughs> Uh, well, see, cause I tried to do a cheaper version of Peloton and I got a bike off of Amazon and used the Peloton app. And then I crumbled and got a Peloton and I'm completely obsessed with it. It's a real thing. Hopefully you will start using it. <laughs> I mean, that's the idea. Uh, so I, I can't believe that we've secured this guest for today. <laughs> I know he was really difficult to get in touch with. <laughs> he was so hard to nail down. I mean, we had to reschedule so many times. I had to really hunt for his phone number. <laughs> yeah. We got in touch with his agent and they said hard pass. And then we got in touch with his manager and they said, well, maybe. And then we never heard back. And so Victoria reached out to him on Instagram. They started dating. And then three years later, we got him on the podcast. <laughs> Exactly. Our guest today is my favorite human, uh, my boyfriend, Trent Culkin, who is an incredibly talented actor and musician. And thank you so much for being with us, Trentster. Yay. Hi, Trent. Thank you for having me. So Trent, you're probably wondering what the hell you're doing here. <laughs> sort of. I have a general idea of what this is, but uh, I'd like to know more. All right. Well, pretty much the idea is that uh, we have people send in their dilemmas and then we give them our completely unqualified advice. I like to think of myself as being highly qualified in giving advice. <laughs> okay. Do you have uh, a degree? No, I have no reason. To, I have no laurels or merits to to make that assumption about myself. But uh I look I tend to look into other people's situations and think, man, I have all the answers to your problems right. in pretty much any situation. Well, yeah, me too. That's why I wanted to do this cuz I love fixing other people's problems while meanwhile living in a dumpster fire half the time. So. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. It's like looking at other people but but not yourself. And just yeah. to clarify, I'm kind of half I'm like kind of serious, but I'm half kidding. I don't actually think I have all the answers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we took it very seriously. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm saying that as, because I know both of you, you know, I'm kidding. I'm, yeah. I need to clarify because I don't want anybody <laughs> thinking like, who is this person and what why? What an asshole. They, yeah, exactly. <laughs> who is this asshole? I'm switching podcasts now, <laughs> turning but, this off. Yeah. I kind of think that is a, am I wrong? Doesn't everybody feel that way to an extent? I kind of feel like it's really easy to look into other people's lives and feel like you know what the right choice is. But yeah, like you said, Carrie, with yourself. Oh, yeah. It's impossible to hold a mirror up to yourself and see it. I think perspective is everything. When you're in the situation and you have feelings about it, it's hard to see things clearly. But if you can step out of it 
and look at it like it's almost like a math problem and you can come to the solution, you know? So I love guiding people in that way. I'm not qualified by any means other than I just like to give friendly advice and I like to help people. I love it. I think that's great. I'm, I'm really excited to be doing this with both of you. Cool. So um, just, you know, a little bit about you. Like, what? how's your pandemic been? Like, what's been what's been going on? I think the thing that is a takeaway for me in this is is it sort of reaffirms what I knew prior to the pandemic, which is your success or your ability to pursue goals is totally up to you. It's, mm-hmm. it's now that, you know, it's not as many shows are shooting and the rules have changed and you're not in auditioning in person and things like that. It's, it's been, it's become increasingly evident that making my own way and, and, and creating my own opportunities and knocking on doors, you know, doing my due diligence mm-hmm. is crucial. It's been interesting. I've had my own successes and, and, indications that I'm on the right track and feelings that, you know, this is all part of the process, but I'd be lying if I said that it's been like, like it's been, a you know, there's, there's aspects of it. That's a super bummer. It's, it's, yeah. it's totally turned. It's not the problem too, is it's not unique to me. I, I always want to say like, Oh, it's totally turned my life upside down. It's completely different, but it's like, right. It is for everybody for the most part. So right. it, it's been all right. It's been all right. I think I think you've got, I think the key is to just sort of learn to accept and to be in the moment and to do your very best and to try to you know take the 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 hand you were dealt and and mm-hmm. play it to its fullest capacity. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think we're on the end of it. Like the numbers are looking a lot better. Everything, you know, the vaccines getting out there. Like I do think we're at the tail end. I think if there's one thing to learn after it's all said and done is that you really should not take the little things for granted. I mean, the amount of, you know, the parties and the going out and the whatever that I was just so over prior to this, like I I can't do another Hollywood party or whatever. Now it's just like, my God, I wish I could just go do some dumb, go even just like pop into a bar. It's like, man, I miss just doing something, just be having the freedom to just go do something. Yeah. Yeah. The option to do it. The option to say, I choose not to go to that party. Not that party doesn't exist because of a global pandemic. So I can't do anything. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Have you been working on anything during this time? I'm in an all right spot because I did. I worked on a project during COVID, but before we knew what COVID was. And, and that has sort of afforded me the ability to stay afloat financially during this time. So I feel really lucky, lucky even though the project mm-hmm. hasn't surfaced, nobody knows what it is. Now, I know you can't talk about that, but when do you know when that project will be coming to light? I, I don't because it, it's meant to drop in, con, in conjunction with another project that uh, continues to get bumped due to COVID. Basically, when a theatrical release is, is possible for a certain project, I know my being cryptic about it makes it sound... It sounds very exciting. <laughs> During the time that that sort of afforded me, you know, being able to to have an abundance of time, I've been able to pursue a lot of the things that I didn't have the time prior, which is like music. I've had so much time to write and, and get in the studio and record. Oh, I didn't know you did music too. That's cool. I do. Yeah, I've, I've been working on my own project for a year. Um, maybe more. I feel like time just moves by in such a weird way now. And I'm so close to being able to release 
some of that material and I'm really excited to do so. And Victoria and I are doing a project together as well. And we're chipping away on, on, I think we've got like three songs in the can. We're, we're potentially doing a cover um, that we want to release soon. So I'm excited about all that stuff and writing screenplay stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Victoria and I and our, our, our writing partner, Helena Hawks, we are, we are uh, working on an unscripted show that we actually have two episodes shot and ready to go. And we are in the process of cutting a sort of, sort of pitch material to bring it to, to networks and uh, try to drum, drum up a platform to, to get it out on. But we're really excited about that. And we were able to shoot it in COVID um, with a really small crew and everybody got COVID tested and was super safe and distanced. And it was sort of the stars aligned in, in a cool way because we were able to secure a lot of talent for the project that may not have had the availability prior to COVID. Right. Um, so yeah, we're really excited about that. Or I guess I'm speaking on my behalf. I think Vic's excited as well. Vic, how do you feel? <laughs> Very excited. This time has been a lot of, you know, like figuring out your your kind of own path and and what stuff you can do during this time. And I've been chipping away at that. <laughs> yeah, planting seeds start things right now so that when things are back to normal, hopefully they are, they are ready to go. Um, Right. And I think that's great. I think it's good to have things lined up so that when we can get the green light that you can just hit the ground running. Uh, Do you feel like it's been a struggle to motivate to be creative or do you feel like you need to be to survive? I feel like for me, it definitely fluctuates. Like there are days where I'm super motivated and I get a lot of stuff done. And then there's other days where it's kind of always becomes, oh, I can do that tomorrow. I can do that tomorrow. Uh, And then, you know, you realize like, oh, wait, tomorrow was a week. Right. (laughs) Which is bizarre. Like the passage of time has felt really strange during this. I think there's this idea that if you suddenly have all the time in the world, you can write the script and you can do the thing and you can, whatever your, whatever your thing you're trying to pursue is, but in almost all these, you know, in in reference to like writing a screenplay or something is you need the, the creative material. And if you're spending, you know, a week on end inside your home and just life is just sort of at a standstill for you, it's not the most inspiring environment to be in. And it's just like you, I do, I feel like sometimes you sit and you try to crank out the material and it's just not coming to you. And it's something that you really can't force. I'm so envious of the people that I have talked to that say, I've, I've had a great time. Like a lot of writers who are used to being at home all the time, just writing, like that's all that they do. They're like, I don't notice a difference. This is the same for me. If they write on like a show or if they're, you know, constantly pitching shows or something, then this is normal. Um, Trent, how was it for you being at home? Cause you got stuck out there, right? Like you only meant to go for a little bit, then you kind of got trapped by COVID. Yeah. I was doing a movie in Michigan and I thought that the whole COVID thing was going to be like a couple weeks or something like that. And production got cut by like a day and I have family in Michigan. So I was just like, well, I'll just hang out with my nephews and spend a couple weeks here and take advantage of this time. When when else am I going to? Every time I visit for the holidays or something, it's like, oh, I can only stay for a week and then I got to go right back. So I thought it was going to be a great, refreshing little break. And then it just continued and continued and continued. And then all of a sudden I'm there for like two months or more. Uh, I don't even remember, to be honest. Six um, months. <laughs> apparently I was there for half a year. And... But who's Damn. counting, right? Back? Yeah, who's counting? <laughs> I'm not counting at all. I wasn't at the time, no. <laughs> She's like... I'm, Five months, 12 days, and three hours. 
Yeah. <laughs> I missed him. <laughs> yeah. How was it being at home? Because you, how long have you been in LA now? Like five years. Okay. It, so this was an extend, six months is an extended period of time to be back in, were you in your childhood home? Yeah. So I feel like that would bring up a lot of stuff. For me, it would. <laughs> it kind of did. At the start of it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. I get to see all the, you know, I get to see my family. And yeah, after a while, it did sort of feel like I was regressing back into like, what am I doing at home? It was good, but it was also, it it reached a point where I'm like, okay, I, I, I can't keep waiting for this thing to be over, that it's not going to just go away. So then I came back. And I'm glad you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it weird to come back? It was weird to come back and see a version of LA that is just not itself. It's like the traffic somehow is still just as bad as always. And then now there's like lines to like, you have to wait yeah. in like a line that wraps around the block to go to, to, go to Trader Joe's. Or, yeah, exactly. Um, well, I'm glad you're back, Trent. We're all glad you're, I know Vic's very glad you're back. <laughs> We're all glad you're back. I do feel optimistic about um, things happening soon. Production is coming back. Hopefully, you know, things will get moving. We're all just patiently and some not so patiently waiting. So we're all in it together in some way. Maybe there's something worth taking comfort in, in all of that. We're all in it together, you know? I think so. I think there's something good about that. And I also think, you know, as far as like creating your own opportunities, here we are doing a podcast. We're in charge of how we feel right about everything. So we can either let this bring us down with it, or we can make the conscious decision to try and make some sort of good out of it. So on that note, so we have a dilemma um, from someone that wrote in to our podcast email, which if you have a dilemma, write in to incrediblypodcast at gmail.com and you could be featured on our show. Um, so let's hear our first dilemma. So I've been in a relationship with this guy for two years and it's been mostly good and we love each other a lot, but we live together in New York City and I hate it here, but he loves it. Before I met him, I had been planning to leave, but being with him was so good that I ended up staying. He likes to party more than me, and he stays up really late, only to sleep most of the day away. Whereas I couldn't sleep past 8.30 a.m. on even my most exhausted day. I've struggled with alcohol and drug problems, and he continues to do both and bring them around me when I'm trying to stay sober. I guess my dilemma is that I love him a lot, and he knows me really well. I've truly grown from a young mentality into an actual adult over the course of our relationship, and I owe a lot of that to him. When things are good between us, they're really good. Every one of our friends seems to think that we make the best team. But these major differences in where we want to live and what we want our lives and lifestyles to look like has been driving me crazy. Every time we argue over something small, I feel like it's because of something bigger. Is it worth it trying to stay with him and figure out the issues? Is me hating New York so much and being so unhappy here worth it if I love him? Is him constantly triggering me as far as drugs and alcohol worth trying to explain again? I feel like I know I should leave, but I don't know how. I've never broken up with someone that I still love. I hope this all makes sense. There's a whole lot there. I was going to say there's a lot to unpack. Man, I think one big thing that jumps out to me is the alcohol and drug abuse. If yeah. you're sober and this person is. I think it's yeah. pretty tone deaf of him to do that. It's pretty say, like, it's like, yeah, it's pretty disrespectful yeah. to not consider that, you know, this is something that you struggle with. 
if he wants to do that out with friends on his own, like whatever, but to bring it in front of her face, it's like dangling that carrot in front of her when she's an addict and she's in recovery and he should be, because he loves her, he should be supporting her in that. I think that that is incredibly selfish personally. I think her saying, I feel like I know I should leave. There's a whole lot to pay attention to there. Mm-hmm. If you're looking in yourself and your, your, that inner monologue is saying, I got to get out of this. I know it's a tough call because it's, you know, this is such a multidimensional, you know, complicated relationship. It sounds, but I feel like you got to follow, you got to follow what that unveils to you. If you're saying to yourself, I feel like I know I should leave. There's got, there's, there's something there. Um, and feeling like I've grown so much within the relationship, I think is amazing and could be indicative of the fact that, you know, as unfortunate as it might be to acknowledge, maybe that's the, the purpose this relationship was meant to serve in your life as an individual was to allow you the room and the, and the experience to grow and get to the next level, you know, mm-hmm. it, it just sounds like your lives are on two different tra- trajectories. And mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a way to, to bring those worlds together, especially the sobriety drug abuse thing. That's a really tough, tough two worlds to tie together and make work. That's yeah. on his, that's on his part though. He, he should not be, if he cares about her, he should not be doing that stuff in front of her. I don't care what he does outside. It doesn't matter. And he should not be bringing that into her world. He just shouldn't. It's rude. Hey guys, Carrie here. Just wanted to interrupt to let you know about a product that I personally love and use all the time on myself and on my clients. It's called The Good and it's by Caldera Lab and it was recently named by GQ as Best Face Serum and it is hands down the best face oil I've ever used. Whether you are tackling dry skin, acne scars, wrinkles, or you just want to invest in healthier skin, this is the one product I would use. It does not go on greasy and does not cause breakouts. It's literally everything in one bottle. That's why it's called The Good. The best part is they are offering an exclusive 20% off for all of our podcast listeners. Head to Caldera Lab, that's C-A-L-D-E-R-A-L-A-B.com and use the code KU20 for 20% off. If you have further questions and maybe you want to see the product being demoed, go to our Instagram, which is completely underscore unqualified underscore podcast. And I will have a video demoing the product and telling you a little bit more in depth of why I love it. Also, as a side note, the good is made technically for men, but I use it and I love it. Best of all, you can try it 100% risk-free. If you don't love it, after 60 days, they will refund you in full. Again, that code is KU20. Okay, back to the show. Well, my question to her too would be, is that I wonder if she was doing drugs and alcohol at the start of their relationship and, and, and kind of overcame it because... I wonder because, you know, as someone that like has had friends that have dealt with addictions and things like that, one of the hardest things for them a lot of times is that like, you know, they quit all these things. And if they try to still have those same friends or people in their life, it's yeah. really hard because a lot of times, I mean, like they, they've, they've had like, you know, a, a one friend of mine in particular, his friends straight up said like, oh man, you're not as fun now that you're not partying with us or whatever. And it's like, that's a horrible way to feel. And I almost feel like if, if you are sober and working on yourself and you have someone that's doing that around, it's like, are you encouraging me to do this? Like, why, you know, when you clearly know this is a sensitive, difficult thing for me, Yeah, it's, it's, it's really not hearing her out and her needs. And, you know, she doesn't want to live in New York. 
she doesn't want to be around drugs and alcohol and he's doing both these things and not really hearing her out. It sounds like. Also, the one thing that I really took away from listening to this the the first time was that um, maybe he was what she needed at the time, but not what she needs right now. You know, you can still love someone and, and love your time with them, but I think she has maybe outgrown him a bit. And if she doesn't want to scary to face, <laughs> listen, yeah. it is scary to face, but you know what? It's like, what's she going to do for the rest of her life? Is she going to be miserable? Is she going to stay in New York and resent him? Or is she going to say, you know what? Uh, I imagine my life this way. And you imagine your life this way. And I love you, but I think we need to set each other free to move on in our own paths. It, it, breakups don't have to be like, I hate you. We're never. Blah, blah, blah. It just can be like, hey, this was great in our 20s. Now I don't know how old she is in our 20s. Now we're in our 30s or whatever. And this is not what I want anymore. I don't want to live in New York anymore. I don't want to struggle anymore. I don't want to be around drugs and alcohol. Like I love you and I can still love you, but I don't want to be that person who I am with you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to insist that it's irreparable. I th- I think, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And if, if, if you love each other enough, there's, there's always r- room and, and, and the ability to make it work. But I wonder if you brought this to his attention and obviously we don't know how, how, you know, you've alluded to having a conversation about drugs and stuff with him before, but we obviously don't know the details of that, but I wonder if, if sort of being like, look, I'm at the end of my rope here and yeah, it's either, you, you know, we make some compromise or we part ways. My concern is that it sounds like the compromise is needed to make this work. You know, the, the, the differences in lifestyle and just even down to the geographic location of where your relationship is based. I just wonder if, Oh, I wonder if that's, if, 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 if the compromise would be too great to, to, Right, the relationship to withstand. Well, a compromise requires two people. So he's got to give something too. you know, she can give a little by maybe saying like, okay, we can stay in New York, but I can't be around the drugs and the alcohol because it affects my sobriety. And I, I don't want to be part of that. Can you just leave it outside of our apartment and I'll agree to stay in New York, even though I don't love New York city. And maybe the compromise there is like, you know, when COVID's over, Hey, we get to, you know, I get to plan a vacation or I don't know, something like that to get out of the city or, or whatever, or they have like an escape or, okay, we live here for the X amount of time. And then we can, I don't know, a compromise has to be two people, not just one person being getting worn down and going, okay, fine. You know? Well, I, I, the one thing that I will say from her email though, too, is that she actually says, um, you know, do I bring up the drugs and alcohol again? And again, is italicized? meaning this has been a conversation they've had many times. And when, it, when it's, when it becomes a thing like that, where it's like, neither one of them are, you know, adjusting or, or hearing one another out. Right. Often, you know, when that's you not, kind of yeah. have to leave the situation, but I know that that's so difficult because still loving that person is, you know, really complicates things. But you're going to yeah. love a lot of people in your life. You know what I mean? Like you're going to, there's going to be, you know, significant others. There's going to be people you connect with greater than others, but she will find someone else. This is not the only person for her in the world, but I get that they have a history together, but I'm just saying my point is you can still like honor that time that you had together and how amazing it was and how connected you were and what a great relationship it was. And I also understand that it is at its end 
or the where you are, you can't move forward. Like this is pretty heavy stuff. This is serious. And I don't want to be responsible for ending a relationship, but at the same time, You're I not. think it's a- I think it's important to acknowledge these things and these these are massive, massive discrepancies um, within the relationship that, you know, aren't irreparable necessarily, but have the potential to be. I really believe in working on stuff and improving and, you know, working through difficult times in the relationship. But the thing that stands out to me in her email is that she's discussed this many times and it seems to be that he's not hearing her out or respecting her needs maybe too in a perfect world if you're meant to be together maybe right now there's some development some development that needs to take place on on his behalf and maybe maybe you part ways and find each other later in life you know again maybe my head is in like a fairy tale but i don't think that's an impossibility i think if i were to boil this down to a sort of short piece of advice i think i would have a conversation And I would let them know the circumstances have changed. We've got to make a change or it's not going to work out. If you are feeling in your heart that it probably isn't going to work out, I would implore you to explore that and maybe realize prior to even initiating that conversation that maybe the conversation needs to be a breakup conversation. Having that conversation about where her head's at and that, you know, the drugs and alcohol is hard for her and his kind of response to that might be her answer of like, can she deal with his unwillingness to change that thing or does she need to move on and respect herself and know that, you know, this is something she can't live with. Please like email us again with any updates. We would love to hear back from you. I want to hear, I want to hear how the rest of the story goes. Yeah. I, know. I sincerely hope the very best for you. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Trent. Thank you. And hopefully this pandemic will be over and we will be seeing all of your amazing work that you've already shot that will be coming out any day now. I can just tell uh, it's going to happen. And the next time we talk to you, you'll be like, remember when I was stressed about the pandemic? Well, now everything's great. (laughs) I'm so busy with work. I'm filming this and then I'm on hold for this and then I've got this thing and da da da. So yeah, it's going to be... And you good. and I will, and you and I will probably. Work, you'll be hearing about this in the trailer while you're cutting my hair, perhaps. Exactly. <laughs> I'll be getting you ready for the Oscars, and exactly, uh, you'll be like, exactly. remember in 2021. That's my goal is to uh, <laughs> look back on this. Big time! Thank you so much. That was awesome. Thank you, Trent. Thanks, Trentina. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it is completely underscore unqualified underscore podcast, and you can follow Trent at. Trent Culkin on Instagram as well and leave us some comments let us know what you guys think and if you have any dilemmas that you need help with email us at incrediblypodcast at gmail.com and you could be featured on our show as well thanks so much for listening you guys check us back next week and we will have an all new dilemma and an all new special guest thanks guys thank you bye thank you bye <laughs>